Balotelli. Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. Gavin keeps it. Skill on goal. Look at that pass. Hayden! Goal! Columbus! There are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross and Dempsey is denied again. And Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! This is the beautiful game. Oh, it's incredible! Described by two uglies. Stupendous! Welcome to Bone and Beam United. This is a thing of genius. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am Beam. Lots to get to today, Beamer. We've got Champions League. The round of eight is set. We don't know yet who's going to play who. We'll get that draw later this week. But we still at least know who's in and who's moving on and who's going home. So plenty of storylines there we can get into. We can also talk about a guy who was playing in MLS very recently who's lighting it up over in England. So get into that on the show today. But Beamer, I saw this story real quick that said that uh, sports fans have a have better mental health than the general yeah. public, and I I <laughs> I couldn't understand it. Tell they, me how that works. That's like the article that I read, like I don't know, ten months ago. That it was like, yeah, if you play FIFA, it's a good heart heart workout because like it's up <laughs> and down. And it's like I don't think that that's good for my blood pressure. Like, what do you I mean that's good for my health? Yeah, I mean, but you're not getting any of the other muscular activity of like no. walking or something. Like you're not working out your body. You're just making your heart go crazy. I don't know if that's ideal. I agree with you. Now, the uh, this article is basically just saying like, yeah, well, sports fans, it's something, you know, like religion does for a lot of people. It gives them something that they are invested in, that they look forward to, that they're you know focused on. It gives you something to kind of pay attention to it so that that even though it can stress you out, sports can. It's something that you're never going to give up because like a religion, a lot of times you're you're born rooting for a team and you just kind of go your whole life rooting for them. Uh, but they were just saying how that helps a little bit, but also like the ups and downs, it allows you to deal with stress and anxiety. And as I'm reading all this, I'm like, I understand where they're coming from, but it sounded like it was written by someone who's never actually rooted for us team because (laughs) if you've ever rooted and being the Chicago bears fan, really good for my mental health. Right. Do you, I, I never felt like, and I know the Browns are doing better now, but like, I never felt like over the years of watching my teams, that this like a when, good therapy when they were awful, it's like, you know what? Mentally, I'm in a real good spot. <laughs> I've never felt that way watching my teams. It's always been like, oh, this is horrible. I think Why I do just I do got this over to Cody parking, missing the field goal against the Eagles. Like literally, I, I yeah. don't even know, Bone. I was a mess for like an entire calendar year. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's there's all kinds. I will never. I'll, it'll take me years to unforget that, you know, Rashard Higgins was going into the end zone and got. Yeah. domed by a Kansas City player and no flag was called and then he fumbles the ball and we have a dumb rule see again I mean these are the things right so I just I thought of that as all of our soccer fans that you know live and die with our clubs because certainly soccer fans are as passionate as anyone in the world when it comes sure. to your teams and you know right now yeah the Columbus crew have helped my mental health They'll, you know don't don't ask me how 2018 went for me because right. when I thought they were leaving, my mental health was not good. But yeah, they won a championship. I'm feeling pretty good about that. But no, that is that I don't I don't understand that. John Terry all. slipping in the Champions League final in Istanbul against Manchester United in penalty kicks. Yeah, great job for Chelsea fans' mental health. <laughs> I can't imagine how that's. I mean, yes, theoretically it's good, but in practice, it's it's a mixed bag to say the least. I don't know that it's better for our mental health, but we're all here anyway, so. And you know what, Bone? That's why we love it, right? Because there is that grand 
you know, the grand illusion of like, oh yeah, this season's going to feel so great. And then the ultimate disappointment, obviously, which comes with most seasons for any sports fan. I mean, unless you win a title, you know, year in, year out, you're going to be disappointed at some level. But yeah, I mean, those ideas of grandeur, right? I mean, you know, that elusive championship that you're hunting down, like, yeah, let's sign up. Let's do it again next year. So Uh, I guess maybe in that capacity, but yeah, like 90% of the time, it's like heartbreak for any sports fan. It's, it's, it's extremely tough. So yeah, I even, even when your team is in a championship run, I mean, Ask Chiefs fans how they feel right now about their team. You know, uh, as sure. me, as a, as a crew fan, Sounders fans, just they they were in what three or four finals out of five, and and they came away I think with two. But still, it's like that. It, how are they feeling right now? Their team's getting like dismantled. They got guys leaving. I I don't know how you would feel good about that. Like it's yeah. I, I can't understand it. So anyway, there you go. If you're a sports fan, you're mentally healthier than just like a random person who takes walks in the park and never has to worry about what their team's doing when it comes to who they're starting and who they're benching. Just know that. Apparently, you're better off than them. I don't know how that's true. But anyway, I don't either. Anyways, yeah. you know, science. Science is great. I Yeah, I, I agree with science. I just don't know that this person is reading the science correctly. That's what I would <laughs> <Right>. say. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's take a look at the Champions League results from the last couple of days. Um, well, we should start with the team that there's been so much conversation about. I think we have to start with Chelsea, don't we? Um, you've got them, your guys winning two to nothing, getting it done. They went on aggregate three to nothing over Atletico Madrid, mm-hmm. Christian Pulisic coming off the bench. And it looked again, like, all right, super sub. Well, you know what? He came in, took a ball from his half of the field, sprinted all the way down. Nice little layoff and no look pass. And that ended up being the goal that kind of sealed it all up. It wasn't, it wasn't necessary for them to advance, but it was kind of the goal that basically said, "All right, this this is officially over right here." So, but, you know, I guess that's that's good for Christian Pulisic to get that. And you could see the emotion coming out of the Chelsea bench, the emotion yeah. coming out of the players after the game. Uh, Tukes and Pulisic had a nice moment where they're hugging. Like th- this seems like a team now that after all they've been through this year, all the ups and downs. Why isn't this guy playing? Why do we suck? Firing the manager, club legend. They seem like they're in about as good of a spot. We're just talking about the mental part of it. They seem to be mentally about as good as anyone right now, and it's starting to show on the field. Yeah, it really is. And if you watch that game, Bone, I mean, they dominated. You know, from front to back, I don't have the possession numbers in front of me, but I mean, just watching that game uh, and the way that they were moving that ball around, like usually Atletico – I mean, we know their strategy, right? With Diego Simeone, I mean, he's going to be the guy. Like, if they get a one nothing lead, like if the script was flipped on Chelsea and they were down 1-0, they're not built to come back from leads. Like, they are built to get a lead and then be able to hold on to a lead for extended periods of time. I mean, we've seen them do it you know, countless times T-Bone where, you know, it's literally they'll score in the first 10 minutes a game. And if it's a two, if it's a two game aggregate that we've got going, I mean, they'll go 170 minutes of not letting in a goal. Like it's pretty amazing, uh, but they're not quite the team that was, that's able to come back. Uh, and I think once, you know, Ziyech got on the board with that goal in the 35th minute, like, you know, they're really starting to have to press and it's like, they've got playmakers, you know, there with Atletico, but uh, just unable to do it, but huge for Chelsea. You start to look at the form that they're in, man. Uh, I know it was a bumpy game on the weekend, uh, of course, in the Premier League when they faced off with uh, with Leeds United. Uh, you know, goalless draw, not really much there. But you could also say like they were looking towards the Champions League this week. You know, 
Uh, so I, really good performance by them, man. If you're a Blues fan, like you got to be feeling pretty good since Tuchel has come in. I think they've only conceded two goals, and so I defensively they've been much better. They just have that kind of that aura of confidence that you expect the Chelsea team to have, and I think this win can really you know push them on to to better things this season. Yeah, I saw. And by the way, on the possession, it was fifty seven percent in favor of Chelsea. So. Okay. Yeah, you were right. I mean, they they definitely that's that's pretty dominant in a game like that. Um, but I saw this is an interesting stat. I did not realize that you know for all the talk of Timo Werner, right? How he was not yeah. worth the money and not doing this and and not really a why did they do that? It just didn't work out. Well, as of now, according to ESPN FC, no Chelsea player has more goal contributions. So I assume that means goals and assists mm-hmm. than Timo Werner does this season. So no player on Chelsea has more than him. So that does, I think, speak to how just how far everything has come for them. They've they've gotten through some of this headache. They've gotten to a point now where, you know, these guys are starting to believe in themselves. And some of the players that were, you know, tabbed to be the ones who would make a big run and help this team kind of get over the hump, who weren't getting the job done before, or at least we thought weren't, now you're seeing them come through. So yeah, I think I think some of this Polisic storyline stuff is going to go away for U.S. men's national team fans as this team continues to win. I mean, if you look at it, as much as I had high expectations for him and I wanted to see him be like a 10-goal scorer and you know be like one of the top players in the Premier League, he still could become that. But I, I Matthew Doyle, who is a good follow on Twitter if you like MLS or if you just like soccer in general, he covers you, uh, MLS and the U.S. men's national team. But Matthew Doyle had a post where he said, if five years ago, a wizard from the future came to men's national team fans and said, there's going to be a 22-year-old super sub winger for a top eight (laughs) team in the world, we'd have screamed ourselves hoarse saying, yes, please give this this to us. We want this so bad. Don't be greedy. And I think that's that's reasonable, right? Like, we can't just turn Christian Pulisic into what we think American soccer should have produced by now. Sure. You know, he can't he can just be like as good as he is now with the hope that he will continue to be good and improve and and go from there. But yeah, that was that was quite the run that he had yesterday. And and you could tell he was pressing a little bit in that game. Obviously, I'm going to be focused on him because I'm I need to see the U.S. men's national team get to another level. But I, I'm glad for this team and mostly glad for him that like he's starting to figure it out a little bit. And maybe maybe it doesn't matter. You know, maybe it doesn't matter. That he's not starting you know, what if they go on and go on a huge run and somehow pull off the Champions League upset and they win the Champions League? Imagine how we'd feel then if that's what it ends up being. So, yeah, I guess I have to keep we've got a while. We got a while before we can get to that point. I know, I know. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> they're know, not there. I, they're not there yet. Clearly, I'm just pointing out that like that being in the top eight does give you a chance to do that, right? Like Urban Meyer, you know. Of course, yeah. The best <laughs> thing about being one and zero is the chance to go two and zero. The best thing about getting through the round of sixteen is the opportunity to get to play into the round of eight. So uh, I think Tuchel's done a great job going back to the Timo Werner situation. Uh, you look at him and Havertz, obviously just having familiarity in the Bundesliga, you know, coaching in that league and seeing what these guys can do, Bone. Uh, I think it was a big advantage for him coming in. He knows how to get the best out of these players. Obviously, the relationship with Pulisic. Uh, Ziyech comes comes over from Ajax, having a great year uh, last year for him to come over, spending a bunch of money. I think it's just it shows you like, all right, you know, Tuchel had he's got the pulse of the team better. He's pulling the strings way better than Lampard has. And if you're a Chelsea fan, you got to be feeling really good uh, about the situation that you find yourselves in right now. Does it suck to send out a club legend like that? 
Yes, there's no doubt about it. We have talked about it before. But at the same time, man, it's a what have you done for me lately society. And Thomas Tuchel pulling the strings pretty well at Chelsea. And I think a lot of it is the familiarity kind of of that front lineup that they possess and knowing like, all right, we have seen Kai Havertz and we have seen Timo Werner and I have been alongside Christian Pulisic. I know what these guys can do best. And so I'm going to put them in the best situation to succeed as to where you spend a, you know, $250 million or whatever it is over the summer and giving Frank Lampard, you know, the keys to him and saying, yeah, here you go. Like learn how to drive, you know, a stick shift going hundred miles an hour while, you know, Ferraris are passing you on the Autobahn. Like, it's just, I don't know, kind of a different situation. Weird for them to spend that money when he was the coach and not be his guys, I guess. Uh, but Tukes is doing a great job pulling the strings. So you're right. I mean, you got to be as confident as anyone. You're one of the best eight teams, you know, in European soccer at the moment. So uh, he's done a really good job since getting there. Yeah, obviously tend to think that, you know, PSG might have something to say about it, right? Manchester City might have something to say about it. I, Bayern clearly is just the the lurking Hulk that they are where we just never talk about them. And they're always like, like last year where they're just lying in wait, destroying everything and they don't get talked about to the final. And then they go win the whole thing. So by the way, Bayern two to one over Lazio yesterday, yeah. no real surprise there. No real drama. They were already up uh, three aggregate goals before that game. So they win six to two. They're, they're rolling. They're fine. Robert Lewandowski. There he is <laughs> again. Man. I know it was a penalty, but Hey man, he's unbelievable. I, I I think it still counts if it's a penalty, and I think it's I know that they're <laughs> Last easy. Last time I checked, it did. <laughs> I know they're easy to score, but you know what? We've seen pl- enough of them be missed in big situations that you want to make sure that you've got the best player on the field taking those for you, and that's who it is for them. So yeah, no doubt about it there. Uh, but yeah, easy easy. I would say nothing really dramatic from that game. Obviously, a little closer than they would want, but they didn't need it to be something where they won big. They just had to win, and they did so. They didn't even have to win, actually. They still no, no, they didn't. <laughs> so that's that was fine. Uh, speaking of didn't have to win, but they did anyway. Manchester City duplicated their performance against Mönchengladbach. They get two goals in the first twenty minutes, and they roll four to nothing on aggregate, two to nothing on the day. Uh, so the our, I would assume, I think the best team going right now, as far as complete up and down talent for the entire season. You can argue about form. You can discuss maybe who's playing the best right now, but. Manchester City, I would say, is clearly still one of the favorites to win this tournament, and they had no problems, as we kind of figured they wouldn't, with uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. Yeah, it's just, you know, you look at this kind of competition and where we're at now heading into the last eight, and, you know, we talked about PSG and how they look really good right now and what they're doing, and hopefully Neymar is able to get back onto the field to get them back to full strength, and we've talked about Bayern Munich, and like I said a couple of weeks ago, man, Manchester City is starting to get into that category. This has been the one that has long eluded them. They have won everything you can win in England. Pep has done a marvelous job of keeping them at at the top of the mountain in their own country. I would imagine with the lead that they have now in the Premier League that this is main goal number one for them to get them to a title game, to get them to a Champions League final, to see if they can hoist what has eluded them for so long in the blue part of Manchester. So, you know, I I look T-Bone at, I look at, Bayern Munich and I look at PSG and in that same category of your three favorites in this tournament with the remaining teams who are left Manchester City is right up there with those other two yeah yeah no doubt man they're there are they're playing as good as anyone you've got Kevin De Bruyne back to full form yep. it seems like so 
That's the, I think if you if that's where you're at, I think he's you're a be, wizard. He's disgustingly good. Oh, I know he's so good, and it's and he's he's fun to watch, man. There's there's no denying that. Even though it doesn't mean not, I like him for what he did against no. the U.S. men's national team with Belgium a few years back, but I still have you know mental scarring from that. But I mean, he is just uh, if you like the game of soccer, like and I would imagine you do if you're listening to this podcast. That's the guy to watch. Well, like, you know what? He though, is stunning. But I will say, like that game. Be, that's what made Tim Howard's performance in that game so great was you knew how good Belgium was. And if like he Tim Howard stood on his head, had tons of saves. And yes, they didn't win the game. But that's how that, like, you know, how great that performance was because, you yeah. know, the talent that was there. And Ramalu Lukaku, Aiden Hazard, Kevin De Bruyne, like mm. all these different guys who they're throwing at you. And you just have an all world, an all time, all time World yeah. Cup level performance. Yeah, one of the greatest you'll ever see from a goalkeeper for sure. So, yeah, I, I didn't like the result there, obviously, but that's why. It, it, at least you know you were going up against the best, and you saw what what Tim Howard. That's that's why he's great. You got to see him on full display there. Uh, we didn't one last match to talk about Real Madrid and Atalanta. Yeah, fun uh, one. Yeah, that was. And that was a necessary, you know, 3-1 win there for Real Madrid. It was a little closer than they would have liked after the first leg. So they pulled away. Uh, they they didn't really dominate possession in this game. But Kareem Benzema gets on the board. Sergio Ramos mm-hmm. gets on the board. This is like it felt like a game from a few years ago because it's like, oh, yes, all these guys, they're still there and they're still good right. and they're scoring goals. So. There you go. Yeah, yeah they, you thought maybe with Muriel uh, coming in for Atalanta and scoring that late goal, like, okay, like we've seen crazier things happen. Sure. You know, because at that point it was, uh, what was it on, on aggregate? It was would have been 3-1, right? would have been right? 3-1, yeah. Yeah, it would have been 3-1 on aggregate, and you're like, okay, well, if they can kind of – I know you know, it's a lot to ask in 10 minutes, but, like, we have seen – a bunch of stuff happened and you know your mind goes back to Bayern a couple of years ago against PSG mm-hmm. you know one of these giants going down but yeah it's just you know you look at Real Madrid so much class and I know it's been a disappointing season for them but last eight man again like what you said you never know what can happen uh, in the latter latter stages but then they just I mean dusted them off Marco Asensio minute after Muriel <laughs> scores what a backbreaker that was yeah of course oh what a backbreaker it's like yeah maybe we've maybe we can cover nope Nope. And sorry. we're dead. Honey, I'm hang gliding. What an idiot. <laughs> you know, like, well, we're dead. Yeah. Yeah. So unfortunately, we're recording this podcast and we we've recorded at a time where we know the results of this, but we don't know who everybody's going to play. Uh, but obviously, those fixtures will start the first couple weeks of April. I will uh, tell you this. Manchester City and Bayern Munich, a thousand percent will play in the next round. You like, think just so? For whatever reason. I don't know what it is. It always seems to happen where city gets the worst luck. And I'm not saying I don't like that, but I just think like you're going to draw Bayern and you're going to have your hands full for whatever reason. I have no reason why to say that we're when we're recording this bone still 21 hours away from that happening. I just think that that's going to be the matchup. I feel like, well, that's, that's, I think that's a good prediction. I'll give you another prediction. I feel like it's almost destiny, and I know the odds are pretty good because there's you know two teams that could make this happen. But it feels like either Liverpool or Chelsea will go up against Dortmund because yeah. you've got former coaches at both of those places going mm-hmm. up against their old club. I think that's a great storyline. Again, I know that's not how they do the draw. I'm just saying, seems like it would be. Uh, it, it seems like that's likely to happen just because it is. Um, but yeah, man, there's there's going to be some fun matchups here. I'm I'm excited to watch them and. You know, Porto being in there is something also to just 
sure. keep an eye on, man. Like they're the they're the team that I I think everyone is saying, well, they'll go down easily. They'll be done. There's no question they're going to lose. I, I that's what they I, thought when Jose was at the helm, you know, <laughs> back in the day, and they ended up winning it. Let's so. just let's just see what they do. I'm not saying they're going to be likely to win, but watch. Not it. like they took down a scrub. Like they beat Juventus right clearly over two legs. I'm saying like let's let's just watch out for an upset. Let's admit I don't think they're winning Champions League, but let's let's see what their draw is. Let's see if maybe they don't knock out one of the big boys. And at this point, it's all big boys, right? It's it's I'm putting the final all my dog coin in the Porto basket. <laughs> Gonna need clarification. Just like GIF and GIF, is it dog coin or doge coin? Because I, I have, have no clue. I have, I have no, no clue idea. either. I have I have no idea. By you the way, say doge, I say dog, tomato, potato, same thing. <laughs> that's right. Uh one other thing we were talking I was saying how uh, you know, you have two former, you know, Borussia Dortmund uh, coaches, managers who are now coaching in other places. And obviously Borussia Dortmund is in this tournament as well. Well, Jurgen Klopp, uh, you also have obviously Thomas Tuchel, like we were talking about. Um, And then you have the two German coaches who are coaching, you know, Borussia Dortmund and Bayern Munich. That is the first time that you have four coaches from one country coaching in the final eight. I never knew. I didn't. I, I guess I would have thought at some point you'd have had four English managers or something doing sure. that. But yeah, Hansi Flick is uh, there at Bayern Munich. So yeah, they're, th- there's four managers right there from Germany. Pretty pretty interesting little stat there. I had uh, I had not been aware of until yesterday I saw that tweeted out. So kind of a cool deal there for, I'm sure, for the German fans at the very least. But yeah, very that's nice. good for their mental health. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's all about the mental health. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one last thing I'll give you before we get out of here. Short show today because we have meetings at work and, well, we don't want our whole morning to just be meetings. So uh, Beamer's been on the air for like seven hours already, so he needs yeah, to take a break. Yeah, fine. Uh, but I saw this about uh, Daryl DK, who formerly was with Orlando City. Um, you know, he he was playing in MLS not very long ago. Pretty good player. Not, not the best player in MLS, but a good player. 20 years old. U.S. men's national team. Future bright for him. He's on loan to Barnsley. Okay. And in seven games, he scored five goals, had a brace Woo! yesterday. Yeah. So this, or not yesterday, a couple of days ago, he had a, he had his fourth and fifth goals in one game. So I think that's a little worth noting, right? When you have a guy who has been playing in MLS, similar to when Landon Donovan would go over to the Premier League, right? It's not indicative of everyone in MLS because not everyone was Landon Donovan, right? But the fact that he would go play for Everton and not just look okay, like he would be one of their better players for the time he was there. And then he would come back and play in MLS and be one of the best players there. I think it, it at least speaks to the quality of the league that you've got players now. And Daryl DK is much younger than Landon Donovan, Donovan was when he was going and doing this. But the fact that he just able to drop into the second division in England and really just play great, I think that's a testament to the level that you're starting to see in MLS. It is... I think much closer than it was even five years ago to the championship, not on salary, but as far as just what the top players can do in MLS, I think they can go over to England and be successful. And that's, that's encouraging to see on many levels for him. So good job by him. Well, yeah. And so, you know, we've talked about this before, like, where do you rank MLS on the world stage, right? Like, where is it ranking? You know, we all, we know, I mean, it's not at the same level as the Bundesliga or the Premier League, but, you know, you start getting into these, into these discussions, like, all right, you know, how does the rest of the world 
view American soccer in the domestic league that we possess. And the, the way to get better at doing that bone and kind of projecting where they stand on the world stage is if you have these players who are based and raised here and brought up through these youth systems and are playing over here in the States, go on to these other leagues. Cause I mean, depends who you on who you talk to uh, but there has always been the argument that the championship is a better league than MLS so having one of your guys come over there and do that and being on loan and possessing the weapons to go out and score goals on a regular basis for one of these teams I think is huge so it's got to be a great morale booster I mean if you're a U.S. men's national team fan right now you are feeling really good I'm not yeah. saying that you're winning a world cup at any point in time but like you feel good about all right, the staying power that you have and the ability to compete in World Cups down the road. Well, the 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 good vibes for U.S. national team fans continued because earlier this week they got we all got yeah. good news. How about it? 18 year old Valencia midfielder Eunice Musa officially deciding to represent the U.S. at the international level. Born in New York City, raised in Italy and England. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he could have also represented Ghana. And yet he decided, well, no, I'm going to represent the U.S. So that is a guy. Now, Valencia is not having their greatest season ever, but that is a guy who is routinely playing in one of the top leagues in Europe. He is 18 years old and England wanted him. That's, I guess, yeah. as much as anything else. And we saw how good he was when he was paired up with Weston, Weston McKinney and Tyler Adams in the midfield. Like those three together, that's pretty dynamic. The fact that he could have gone to England and England wanted him and he said, nah, no thanks. And I know that's partially because his path's a little easier here in the U.S. He's going to have a, a much clearer role here than he would with England right away. But it doesn't matter. You know, that it is very good to see Greg Berhalter basically recruiting. That's yeah. that's now the job of being these national team coaches is sure. it's almost a little bit like being a college football coach where, you know, you've got guys who have options and you have to convince them it's better to play here than to play elsewhere. You know, it's it's really cool. So I'll tell you a quick story. And so uh, Michael Bennett, right, played football at Ohio State, is one of my best friends uh, in the entire world. So he's got this knack. And so he likes soccer. You know, if you came out to the Bone and Beam United watch party at Land Grant, um, you know, when was that? Last year? I Last think it was a million, yeah. a million years ago. <laughs> yeah, <what> I- <laughs> exactly. When the dinosaurs roamed Columbus, Ohio. And so he's got this weird knack. bone. like he likes soccer and he watches a lot of it. Right. Yeah. And so and. He did this a couple of years ago with, I mean, it's not hard to, it's not hard to do it with this guy, but he sends me a text like every now and again, where he's like, all right, this guy, I think is going to be pretty good. And so he was watching some like legend on game. And he was like this Killian Mbappe guy. Like, I don't know. He's a freak. He's like 17, 16 years old. And he is just torching people. He's like, that guy's going to be pretty good. And so like, you know, obviously Killian Mbappe is yeah, what he is yeah. a couple of years ago. He's watching Ajax play and he was like, Hey dude, this Frankie de Jong character, like midfielder. He's like, he is <laughs> like a monster back here. He's like, they've got some, some absolute dudes on, on their team. Like, all right. You know, he's playing for, you know, Barcelona now. And right. so he's got this weird knack of doing this and he did it with Yusuf this past summer. He's watching it. He's like, dude, this guy, future star. He's like the way that he is controlling the ball and being able to be dynamic in that league. He's like, he's got everything. And then I told him, I was like, yeah, he could possibly be playing for the U S men's national team. Like he's got American citizenship. He's like, you're kidding me. Can we get this guy? Like, what are the opportunities? And I kind of told him like, you know, he's in the English system right now, but 
you know, still an opportunity. We'll see what goes on. So I texted him the other day when he announced that decision. He goes, all right, we've got a chance. Like yeah. He was yeah. excited about it. So uh, I thought that was really cool. You know, just like he's watching these random games that can pick out these guys. I had no clue that he, you know, could possibly be uh, a representative of the U.S. men's national team. But I mean, I tell you what, man, that is one heck of a get for us. Dude, is it not? It's 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 unbelievable. And the other thing that I'm trying to like kind of keep my frame of mind on here is that when the U.S. and Mexico and Canada host the World Cup in five years, yeah. which that's how it is a little more than five years away. This dude's going to be 23 years old. Yeah. What? That is, I mean, like we think sometimes just of how far along it takes for guys to, to be good and in their career, 23, like this guy is already showing that he's got top level ability in Europe and he's only 18 when he gets to like, think about how long Christian Pulisic has been a thing. Well, that's when this guy is going to be playing for he's going to be in uh, like hopefully a second World Cup by then. Right. I mean, sure. I, I we hope that he'll be, you know, good and stay healthy and can Should go ahead and play next third. year. Well, right. I mean, well, for Pulisic. Yeah. But I'm saying like Moose is going to be a guy who could be playing in his second World Cup, too, at 23 yeah. years old. And so then think about what that does for you. Another four years after that, like the, the fact is you're going to have a lot of guys who have played high level Champions League. Uh, you're going to get the World Cup experience. You're going to get Gold Cup this year. Like these young players that we've been looking forward to, they're finally going to get this experience. They're going to actually get to do it. But yeah, man, kid came out of uh, Arsenal's academy at nine years old, was at multiple Damn. different England national teams. That's Eunice Moose's backstory. And now he's playing for the U.S. So, all right, looking good. Hey, what was that about mental health? We're all yeah, riding exactly. high now. We're all <laughs> feeling great now. Uh, that's that's it for us. Enjoy the Champions League draw tomorrow and all the Premier League action this weekend. We will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Bone and Beam United.